Hello and welcome to the At Sea Level podcast brought to you by Intelligent Briefings, a Lynchpin Media brand. My name is Jess Phillips, Director of Strategic Content at Lynchpin Media and this is the podcast where we speak to technology chiefs about how they're making waves in the industry, chatting to them about their career journey so far, their management style and how they're planning for what's yet to come. Today we are welcoming Vibaf Jain, founder and CEO of Hublot to act C-Level. Vibaf is the CEO and founder of the leading global virtual and hybrid event technology company Hublot. Under his leadership, Hublot pivoted from zero revenue to turning into a million dollar company in less than a year. The company has raised a seed round of 4.5 million, a series A round of 23.5 million, and series B round of 125 million from renowned venture capitalists globally, growing exponentially, internally and geographically with company headquarters in the US, base offices in the UK and India, and clientele in Europe, APAC, the Middle East and Africa. Vibab's vision is to be the category leader in the virtual and hybrid event industry. So good morning and thank you, Vijay, for joining us on At Sea Level. Thank you, Jess, for inviting me and excited to be here. Let's first of all set the scene for listeners. Can you give us an overview of what your typical day looks like in your role and the kind of responsibilities that you have? Yeah, so I start my day by checking my emails for about an hour, uh, emails and my LinkedIn feed. And once I'm done with that, then I go for a workout. And uh, I have about uh, three to four hours of meetings in the morning. And in the afternoon, I usually take a break for about two hours or so where I get some sleep. And then again, my evening starts again uh, with um, meetings in the US. So because I have teams that are separated by different time zones, this helps me to keep a track on how things are happening on a, at a global level. And uh, it's almost like I'm living two days in a one day. To cram a lot in to get everything done. Yeah. So when did you, when did your journey with the company begin and what's it looked like since then? How have you kind of overseen this huge growth that you've experienced? So our company began in uh, February 2020 when we pivoted from an offline event management software solution to virtual event platform. And uh, at that point of time, everybody uh, wanted to have an alternative to their physical event because of COVID. And uh, we were one of the solutions that was quite robust in the market. And people gave us a lot of um, uh, chance in terms of using the product. Uh, We were fairly new in the market. And as we gained a lot of momentum through our clients and everyone, uh, we were able to raise good amount of funds as well and also establish ourselves as a major player in the virtual event space. And looking back then at your own career journey so far, can you give us some insight into how that slipped? What what are some of the big moments that have led to where you are now? So I was in college and uh, in college, I decided that I want to start something of my own in tech. I also dabble with a lot of different ideas. Uh, And uh, when dabbling with different ideas in the sense, what all can you do in a college life, right? You see people around you and then you will make an app so that you could connect all of them. You could make an app for library. So I used to make all of those things and uh, decided that I wouldn't sit for any kind of placements because if I sit for a job, I knew that I would have to give about two to three years of my life to that. And um, uh, then I might just get complacent and might not start my startup journey. So just rejected all the offers and everything that I had and uh, kick-started my journey as soon as my college was done. 
started working uh, again on different ideas started with the event space because i saw that there's a huge opportunity over there and uh, ended up building a event management software solution it's quite brave i guess isn't it to kind of reject the offers that are coming in just knowing that you've got ideas that you are so passionate about that you want to take forward yeah i think uh, that's how uh, it happened where taking risk at that point of time was fairly easier is what i would say and as what i am seeing my friends right now anybody who wants to start something of their own uh, they would have to think almost twice or thrice before they live before they leave their comfortable life and uh, just do something that is out of their comfort zone so i thought i think that i took a good decision by jumping right into it and it's almost like jumping into a swimming pool which is pretty cold uh, you're always scared to jump but as soon as you jump and you enter then you feel warm yeah you get comfortable yeah quickly yeah fair enough that's great and i know that it's been a really busy year for you and your company and you've taken your you've grown your team from 30 to around 300 you've achieved around 113 million in funding and you've set up new offices in key regions including the UK the US EMEA and APAC tell us how has that growth been possible and how have you how have you ever seen that and um and how does it feel kind of looking back on what you've achieved in that short space of time so i think the growth has been achieved just through sheer perseverance and hard work of all the people that are at hobelo we've been able to build a stellar and a really good team and have been able to attract talent from really good companies who have been able to bring preset playbooks with them um the funding helped us because it gave us an opportunity to hire the best people that are out there in the market and once you do that then they go ahead and take the company way forward than any individual could so uh hiring at the right time hiring the right people that has been our major um a reason for this kind of a growth and second i would say that the market reacted in such a way that uh, there was no other alternative and the entire world so we were not hunting for clients but the clients were hunting, hunting for us so when that situation is that way where there's a lot of demand it was easier to build out the product easier to involve customers in the company building and in the product building so uh up second part was our entire the kind of product that we were able to build with our customers and now if i look back uh, which was almost like one and a half years ago where we were a small team uh, just trying to make things work and not able to grow the way that we wanted to grow but then a black swan event happened in this space which happens i think once in a century and then we were able to take advantage of that so it's obviously uh, it it has been an adventurous and an emotional roller coaster ride for all of us who have been involved at hobelo and the amount of learning that we have had uh, so i think i have learned almost 5 to 10 year worth of 5 to 10 years worth of uh, experience in the last one and a half years and that's what i want to continue further where i want to be open to learning i want to always be a student that Uh, so that i could absorb and imbibe a lot of qualities that uh, from other people that are coming into the company absolutely well that actually takes us to the second section of the podcast which is called the chief and it's where we find out a little bit more about your management style so what would be your advice on the best approach for communicating your area of expertise with the wider c suite and how can others within the c suite make sure their voice is heard what's the best approach so i think there is something called expectation versus agreement so you need to agree on certain things 
so there are certain things that you need to agree that these are the things that matter to this person and these things do not matter once you have that kind of open relationship with any person whom you are working with uh, it becomes quite easier so i usually tend to create a document uh, where i tell them that guys these are the some of the things that i really care about and these are the things that irritate or tick me off and uh, i expect the person to also deliver a similar document so that instead of discovering ourselves in the initial 3 to 6 months in our uh, work life journey it is best that we put all of it across as soon as we start because being in a remote based environment it is extremely difficult to understand how the other person is thinking what does the other person feel so i think documentation has helped us a lot in understanding about each other and once you have that then you can create a repeatable process you can just use the same document with other folks that would join your company what about advice to other aspiring business owners then as ceos what one piece of advice would you offer them and what qualities do you think that they should have as an individual i think uh, as founders we need to be customer obsessed if we are not then someone else in your team cannot take up that job because uh it is something that flows from top to bottom rather than bottom to top and if you are able to understand your customer psyche or able to understand what your customer wants how much is he willing to pay for it what your customer doesn't want why are you winning deals why are you losing deals all of those things form a pretty important part of the decision making framework that you would want to put across so what we do is let's say if we are seven people sitting so we actually keep one seat empty because we know that we want the customer to also be sitting on that particular table because that customer is the one because of for whom you're making the product at the end of the day so a very customer centric approach and what are some of your company's kind of core values and how do you use these to foster innovation and business success i know for example that um where we discussed earlier how you've grown the company so quickly and how how do you balance recruiting the talent that you, that you want to grow your business but also keep a consistent working culture so what we have done we have kept a, a pretty open culture we haven't documented it till now we have st- we have just documented it uh, about last month but uh, it is still not robust and uh, as we are growing further we want to ensure that uh we are able to create a culture that is able to bring everyone under that and not a culture that restricts people to behave in a certain way there are certain values that hubilo cares about and some of them are uh, uh that you need to be humble you need to take initiative be bold be brave uh you need to execute everything with speed and then you need to think outside the box so these are some of the values that we rank uh the people on we use them during our recruitment as well because what we are trying to do is build a not only a scalable product but build a scalable culture uh so that anything and however a team feels it is the same feeling that is there across the entire company so the next section of our podcast is called getting down to business so we're looking ahead really to see how you're planning your future strategy what are some of the key goals for you um in your role and for the business over the coming 12 months so first of all the uh main goal is to go about 2x 3x from where we land in 2021 uh, grow to that level uh second we are spending a lot of time money as well as bandwidth on innovation in this particular space want to define how this space should move forward so a lot of uh, innovative products are going to come in the next one year and uh, third is just ensure that we do not lose our way um uh, we are able to hire the right kind of people uh, who are able to help us take us further from where we are 
but uh, at this point of time major goals is across uh, the revenue that we have in place second is product and third is uh, building a massive brand in this particular space so that people are able to uh, understand that okay whenever they hear about hubilo or whenever they hear about virtual events hubilo should be there in their mind Absolutely. So establishing that strong brand presence, I guess, is going to be key. Yeah. Looking, um, looking ahead with the the way the world is at the moment, things have become easier than they were this time last year. But things haven't returned to normal, and it's uh, it's hard to see wh- whether a normal will ever exist again. So, with that in mind, what can the services that you provide offer to? communities and more corporate entities why is it so important to have these types of services yeah so the innovation that had to happen in the next five to ten years actually happened in the last one and a half to two years and we are seeing a lot of companies now adopting virtual events on a serious way when that is the case that people are actually now serious about virtual events and how virtual events should function and um uh what kind of value to do they bring to an enterprise uh we are seeing a lot of uh people re-strategizing their uh events team as well as their event strategy where they are planning to do about three to four physical events and about six to seven virtual events in a year assuming that you are doing 10 events uh now when that is the case it gives us a huge opportunity to uh become a permanent part part of their cmo stack which is used either for external events or for internal events and um apart from this apart from uh events that are able to engage your employees or engage your customers or prospects we're also seeing different use cases where our platform has been used for virtual career fairs it's been used for employee onboarding uh, for recruiting and also for learning and development purposes brilliant so it really is kind of a use case for everywhere that content community comes together exactly the last part of our podcast then is where we hand over to you bj and You'll have roughly two minutes in against the clock where you can speak uninterrupted on your area of expertise. So the one thing to bear in mind is what piece of advice you'd like to share with other C-level executives, CEOs, or maybe just people in the community that are looking for services like yours. So when you're ready, I'll pass over to you. So as we are seeing that we are uh, living in a remote uh, world and because of COVID, the entire world has become flat. There, we need a solution that is able to bring all of us together on one common platform. And we are seeing that virtual events are being the is one of the best way to do that, the most cost and the effort effective way. And we at Hubilo are providing them uh, with a solution that allows you to not only connect with your customers, prospects, but also your employees um, in a seamless and a cost effective manner. And uh, whenever and once you do something like this, it will always stay online. Uh, you'll be able to reuse those content that has been generated at these virtual events for marketing purposes, for on-demand generation-based events as well later on. So I'm seeing a huge potential uh, that if you're able to include our product in your uh, stack or in your marketing stack, it's going to create a lot of revenue for that particular company. So our aim at the end of the day is to give superpowers to our customers, which include marketers and um, HR folks to create a revenue-driven platform. Thank you so much for your insights. It's been really lovely to talk to you this morning. Yep. Thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and um, best of luck. It sounds like it's going to be a busy, exciting year ahead for you. So I hope it all goes really well. Yeah. Take care. Thank Thanks you. so much. Speak soon. Bye. Bye-bye.
That brings us to the end of this edition of At Sea Level. To our guest, Vibhav Jain, founder and CEO at Hubelo. Thank you very much for taking part in this edition of the podcast. To our listeners, thanks again for tuning in and we'll be back very soon with the next instalment.